Welcome to Talk F1 Episode 2. Today's episode we're going to be talking about the Dutch GP, giving our review on it. Also diving into a preview of next week's race at Monza. And also going over some news that broke since the last episode, which is pretty big news. We'll get into that later. But first, let's get into the Dutch GP, which was won by Max Verstappen. And we'll let Raddy give his review on the race. Well, uh, I'm glad we actually got some racing this week. But uh, it's a good race. Uh, well, hard to pass. It was a cool track, though. Um, Max, Red Bull had the speed all week, and they delivered. Uh, Mercedes tried. They just couldn't catch him. But uh, that atmosphere there was crazy, and it was cool to see Max win in front of that crowd. Yes, the crowd was very crazy. Um, the Dutchies are, yeah, crazy, I guess you can say. Yeah. Uh, as the commentators were saying, I don't know if there's ever been a crowd like that for a driver. Maybe Alonso at Spain? Well, they said uh, Schumacher at Germany when uh, they were talking about it. Yeah, it was definitely uh, crazy. Before the start of the race, you had the flares going off. And then at the end, it was just orange smoke everywhere. Yeah, especially in that one section of the track at the end. Yeah, uh, Fernando Alonso was saying, uh, did Max Verstappen win? <laughs> There's a lot of orange smoke. But yeah, um, I think we went in to this race expecting Max Verstappen win. He won pretty easily. Yeah, um, Lewis had a little charge there at the end. Uh, he was complaining about his tires once they got him on the medium for about the whole run. And then he'd set fastest lap, or he'd close down to, like, I think the closest without traffic getting in the way was 1.3. Uh, something like that. Traffic definitely made it a little bit closer, but around that, during that last part of the run. It was an interesting strategy. Uh, we knew going in after qualifying, it was uh, Verstappen, Hamilton, Botas that... You know, and then Perez does not make it to Q3 that Max would be at a disadvantage, which he was. And that Mercedes could use Botas on a totally different strategy, which they tried. But about halfway through the race, uh, Botas's engineer comes over and says, we don't have the pace to win the race. Yeah, they just, they just couldn't match Red Bull this week. Red Bull had it covered all week, especially Max. Yeah, uh, Lewis in his post-race said that Red Bull got an upgrade last week, so it showed this week. Obviously, we didn't get a race last week at uh, Spa, so we got to see the car this week, and it's uh, pretty fast. Would have been interesting to see it at Spa last week, and we'll see it, obviously, next week at Monza, where it's all about speed. Most definitely. Um... I think uh, his car showed that it's pretty fast in qualifying. Uh, coming down the stretch there, he didn't use DRS. It was stuck, So, and he still got pole. Yep, and it was just showed, as you said, just how fast they were. Most definitely. Uh, other than that, looking at the top ten here, Verstappen, Hamilton, Botas, Gasly, Charles, Fernando, 
Carlos, Sergio, Esteban, and Lando. Out of that top ten, who impressed you the most today? Um, I have to go with two drivers. Uh, Gasly qualifying pretty good. He qualified fourth and stayed in fourth the whole race. That was a really good run for them. And then Alonso, especially during that last run of tires where he uh, tracked down and then passed Carlos right for the end to get uh, sixth place. And also with that, with uh, Ferrari finishing fifth and sixth, they have passed McLaren fifth now. Fifth and seventh? Oh, yes, fifth yeah. and seventh. Fifth and seventh, they have now passed McLaren and the constructors and now lead by 11.5 points. So that's getting interesting. The battle for th or third, obviously, and the constructors. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a miss of a weekend for McLaren. They uh, managed to at least get a point, but they definitely didn't have the speed of the people they were battling. So hopefully they can turn it around. Obviously, Monza, Ferrari's home track, so they expect to do good there. I know you got McLaren doing good at Monza. Yeah, they're gonna have the they're got the Mercedes engine. They're really good in a straight line. Other than that, um, driver of the day was Sergio Perez. Started in the back, drove his way up to P eight. What did you think about that drive? Um, it's hard. I mean, it was a good job. It was a good recovery. I think that eventually he needs to start qualifying more consistently because at some tracks you're not going to be able to qualify at the back and come back like this but he was able to today and he was able to take that engine uh, penalty today so he won't have to do it later on in the season so that could also help him later on but he did a good job recovering yeah that's the big thing Perez got his grid penalty out of the way Verstappen will probably start to take one so we're looking at the schedule and where they might take that. A lot of people think maybe Russia. So Definitely be one of the next couple races. Yeah, and if it's Russia, it makes sense. Uh, Mercedes usually dominates there. Uh, I know we both have Botas winning at Russia. Yeah. <laughs> Before we talk about Botas in today's race, which is interesting, uh... Our podium's prediction for this race was mine, Verstappen, Hamilton, Perez. And you had Verstappen, Hamilton, and a McLaren. Yeah. Got two or three. So. Yeah, I guess we should have just... I didn't expect Perez to do that bad in qualifying. I think if he would have done better in qualifying, he would have probably easily got a podium. He had really good speed. It's just he was started way too far back. Now, a little bit of the... Not all the blame is on Sergio, of course. Uh, some can be on the team for sending him out so late. Yeah, a lot of traffic in Q1. I think the big thing about this Dutch GP, uh, we didn't have a single red flag or safety car in the race, which I think everybody going into the race thought we would at least have one of those since the whole weekend we had a red flag in every session. Yeah, I think the drivers uh, kind of took it easy at the start and got into the rhythm and then... Uh... You know, avoided that incidents and stuff. Yeah, once the race uh, started, 
it's pretty much over. I mean, the top three lapped the whole field. So it just shows you how uh, much better they are than the rest of the field. But, of course, we know that. High-speed corners. It's where uh, they're killing everyone, and this was a high-speed corner track. Yeah, it's a very interesting race. Um, I know the drivers like the track. They said it felt like a roller coaster. It's a cool track. It's just it's really hard to pass, and I could understand why people don't like that. But it was a really cool. It's a really cool track design. Yeah. So we pretty much know that we're probably going to be back here next year, right? Yeah, probably. The turnout was crazy. Obviously, for all all the sessions this week, so. Uh, that'll alone get them back here next year. Most definitely. So let's uh, get into Botox a little bit in this race. Uh, obviously, didn't have the pace to win. So they bring him in. He's on a different strategy than Lewis and Max. At the end there, they put him on the softs, and he's on a flyer, and he gets the famous message about to reach James. Yeah. Uh, what was your whole take on that situation? I understand where Mercedes is coming from because they need to try and get as many points for the list because Max is on our, getting on a roll, and I think it'll continue some next week. But um, I understand why they did it. I'm kind of surprised that Valtteri uh, listened to the team orders with some of the rumors and stuff that have been coming out lately. But it just shows uh, what kind of a driver he is he shows that he's a real team player really wanting to help the team first so uh it wasn't surprising but uh yeah yeah so he gets that message and he comes back and says he's just playing around and he lets off and he still beats the lap that's how fast he was going on the set of softs he put on he probably would have been in the 110s the high 110s if he uh, would have finished that lap Uh, most definitely, probably. So I put a, a poll on Facebook. Was the Dutch GP a good race? 405 people said yes. 120 said no. A lot of people were complaining. Not a lot of overtaking, which... If you watched any of the lower series race this weekend, you could probably just tell that was going to happen. So overall, pretty good race. It's just hard to pass at a track where everyone's pretty equal because it was pretty equal throughout the whole, th especially in qualifying. You could see it was pretty close throughout the whole field. Haas was a little bit off from the rest of the field, but everyone else was pretty close together. Yeah, speaking of qualifying, you had the situation with Vettel and the two Haas cars, which I know Mazepin was not happy about. Was I'm surprised, surprised they got away without a penalty for that. Uh, yeah, I thought they, you know, they were going to get a penalty. I'm surprised they didn't, like you said. Um, the interesting thing is, there's obviously a, a rift between Mazepin and Schumacher. Yeah, and it's been, I think it's been growing more and more in the past couple of weeks. Especially with uh, the qualifying incident this week, and then I think they got into each other during the race as well. 
I believe they did. Uh, Mazepin threw a block on Schumacher on coming to lap two, and I think uh, Mick got some front wing damage from that, so he had to pit and change his wing. Well, we uh, we know Gunther's not happy about it. Can't be. Yeah, he's probably calling them wankers or something like that. Um, I don't know. Uh, I know Mick. I mean, could he go to Alpha? I mean, if I was him, I probably would. I think it's a better ride right now, but would Haas let either of them go because of how much money they're bringing in, which is not really showing, but they do bring a lot of money in. Right, I was reading on uh, social media, even if they make the car better in 2022, uh, people don't believe that they can last as teammates. Too. I mean... Interesting dynamic at Haas, America's team. As Americans, we want our team to do good. Uh, I know, I posted something and somebody said, you mean Russia's team? So... <laughs> at least we got Zach Brown at McLaren doing good. That is true. Um, and we don't have an American coming up any time soon. Unless you want to talk about Sergeant in F3. Yeah, there's uh, there's him, and then uh, Korea is uh American or has American nationality for his uh what he's listed as. Yes, sir. So our podium this race was Verstappen, Hamilton, and Botas. I don't know how many times we've seen that over the years. Uh, it's uh, getting up there. I think it, they set the record a couple times back when they did it. Well, the thing is, though, we probably don't have many more times of all of them on the podium, all three. No, we'll, have, we'll probably have two of the three still up there every week, but, um, yeah. So, give the Dutch GP a rating. One out of ten. Well... Like I said, the fans and the atmosphere was the fans and the atmosphere was a ten out of ten. Uh, I, I was a big fan of the track. I wish there was a little more overtaking, obviously. But um, all in all, I thought it was a pretty decent race. I think I'll give it about a six or seven. Yeah, I probably agree with you on that. Uh, probably a seven. Obviously. You want the overtaking, that's the excitement, but right now you have two teams that are just dominant, so they lap all the way up to fourth place. But, yeah, we'll do a seven. I was just glad to see some differing strategy between the three hit the front to, like, try and catch each other, but obviously it didn't work for Mercedes, but it was nice to see. Most definitely. So we, we're leaving... Netherlands, and now we're going to head to Italy. What are your expectations going to Monza? Well, I think that other than the two main Mercedes uh, this week, that the rest of them struggled with uh, let's see, McLaren 10th and 11th, and then Aston Martin 12th, 13th, and then Williams 16th, 17th. I think that the Mercedes-powered cars will have a bounce-back week because of uh, it being more of a speed-based track. I think uh, 
that the main Mercedes will be really, really good, like they were before Lewis got a penalty last year at uh, Monza. Oh, yeah. Lewis was uh, flying last year. He took the penalty, and he was flying up through the field. I expect uh, the Mercedes team, I think they're going to win. I think Lewis gets the win. Let's go over Stappen second. And we'll go Botas third. Hamverbot. I'm uh I'm gonna go Hamilton first. I think I know I, I picked him last week too to be on the podium. I think that Lando's gonna get his best career finish and get second, and then we're gonna have Verstappen third. There you have it, folks. You heard it here first. Lando gets his best career finish at Monza. You stick with that? Yeah, I'm gonna going to. They were they were really fast there last year, and they obviously got a lot better engine this year. So I expect to see a little bit better than uh, last year. All right. So we expect the Mercedes to be strong at Monza. Is there anything else we should look out for? Um, I think. It'll be interesting to see how Ferrari does because they struggled at France, and that's another track where you got to have a pretty good engine. They uh, struggle pretty badly there, so to see how they handle the uh, high-speed tracks now that they've had a month or two, I think, since uh, the French Grand Prix. All right. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing you should look out for. This week we're gonna get. George Russell announced to Mercedes. Yeah, I, I it's definitely uh definitely looking more and more likely that that'll happen sooner than later. I believe that it happens this weekend and we get Botas also announced to Alpha. Romeo. So that's gonna be a big story. Obviously it's the worst kept secret now. In F1, it used to be speculation. Uh, is he going to get it? Uh, Botas has not been performing that well. Obviously, he's still third in the driver standings, yes. But in the car he's in, he should probably be doing a little better. He's had some rough races. And really just not had the pace as Hamilton and Verstappen. I don't think he has that. I'm not hate, really hating on him. I just don't know if he has it to be the second driver there. I think it's time for a change. Give George a chance. Yeah, he's been on the team since 2017. He's won some races, finished on the podium a ton. So, obviously never can... won the driver championship, but go ahead. If George doesn't work out, which I think he will, I could definitely see him back in a couple years. But I think George is going to work out fine there. Most definitely. You got, you got George being a second driver? I think he'll be a second driver, but I think he'll be a little more aggressive when it comes to racing a teammate. Can we expect a 2016 Mercedes? Not right away, maybe. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. We weren't watching F1 at that time, of course. Too bad. Uh, what a championship fight that was. All the way to the end at Abu Dhabi. Yep. Which we may get that this year. 
It's looking uh, definitely possible with how Max has recovered the past couple races and closed that gap back and retaken the lead. Yeah, I, I expect it to go all the way to Abu Dhabi or Saudi Arabia, whichever one's going to be the final race. Uh, obviously, Max still has to take that grid penalty. So, that's really going to play a factor. I think another interesting thing to watch is to see how far the Constructors battle will go. Because Mercedes still has a decent lead in that because uh, Sergio hasn't been performing as well as the uh, as Botas is. Right, so the constructors right now, Mercedes 344.5, and Red Bull is at 332.5. So obviously that's not a lot. Uh, all it takes is one of those cars DNFing, or one of the Mercedes DNFing, and then Red Bull gets a good finish, and then they take the lead. So, and then vice versa. They can grow the lead, lose it. So that's pretty, uh, that's going to be close all the way. Just got to see Sergio start qualifying better, and I think it'll close right back up like it was, and maybe Red Bull pass, and I think they got a little bit better of a car. Most definitely. Well, I expect Mercedes to grow it a little bit at Monza. And then Hamilton might retake the championship lead in the driver's standings. We both have him winning, so we'll see what happens at Monza. That's next Sunday. And taking another look at the constructors, you have Alpine and Afatari extending their lead over Aston Martin. I really thought Aston Martin would be a better team this year. I think that if they, you know, obviously they had that penalty at uh, Hungary that took away their podium. I think that they definitely still have a shot at getting back to fourth, I think it would be. Or fifth, sorry. Yeah, before we started doing this show, I told Riley over here that I expected Aston Martin to finish third in the Constructors this year. Ouch. Talk about a bad prediction. That's a bad take. Really bad. See, you know, he's still dogging me about it. I mean, and let's go into Aston Martin. There is a news article that Lawrence Stroll offered Fernando Alonso Sebastian Vettel's seat. What do you think about that? I think, if true, which obviously could just be the false rumor, obviously. But um, if true, it's a really bad look for the team because Sebastian's outperformed Lance on every, pretty much every race this year. And I think Sebastian's wherever he would be would be a huge help to help develop a car. So I don't see why you would get rid of a uh, four-time champ. Right. And the, uh, the rumor article, whatever you want to call it, that Alonzo turned, turned down the offer to stay with Alpine, which makes sense. He just signed an extension with them. He's happy over there. They're getting better each week. They're in a tight fight with AlphaTauri. So... I don't know why Lawrence Stroh would want to blow it up. Maybe because Vettel's doing better than his son. Yeah, I think that's uh, that would be the main reason. So that's 5th through 7th, and then you got 8th, ninth, and 10th, which is pretty much decided, I think we both agree on. I think Williams has it locked up. They are at 20 points. Alfa Romeo's at 3. Haas, 0. 
Yeah, I think I think that'll stay the same throughout the rest of the year, unless you know we get another really crazy race, which is always possible. Yeah, I think it's most definitely over. I don't think Williams has done scoring points. They have made that car. I don't. Over the last few weeks, that car has been a car that can battle for that last point position. Yeah, they were. Uh, I think they definitely could have gotten points with George today if they didn't have the problems there at the end. And I know Gio qualified seventh, but I don't expect him to keep that up the rest of the season. No, but he he also could have uh, contended for some yep. points as well today. He had a puncture early. And speaking of Alfa Romeo, let's get into the sad news of the week. I think everyone agrees on Kimi announcing his retirement. What a sad day for Formula One, right? Yeah, very sad. He's a great personality, obviously. I mean, don't say much, but just the way he acts and stuff around the with all the drivers and stuff, it's a great guy to have around. Um, definitely be missed in F1. Most definitely. What a character. Uh, always gives you great interviews, even though they're short. You know, he doesn't like doing interviews. He's just here for his hobby, racing. Um, definitely will be weird not having him in a Formula One next year, but like he said, he gets to spend time with family. He's not even thinking about doing other series, which I would like to see him do NASCAR again. Let him run the Coda race next year in NASCAR. Just let him kill the field. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot more road courses in NASCAR nowadays, and with the new car coming up next year, I think, why not let him get a shot at it? Right. Um, so, yeah, losing Kimmy, that sucks. Obviously, he's a legend of the sport. There's never going to be another Kimmy with that personality. I mean, you look at him. He's ran 341 GPs. That's first all-time. He's finished on the podium 103 times. 46 fastest laps. That's pretty impressive. That's third all-time. 18 poles, 21 wins. And, of course, the 2007 world champion. One hell of a career for Kimmy. Yep, definitely. If uh, I, I don't know if F1 has like a Hall of Fame, but he's definitely uh, be like a first ballot guy in my opinion. Yes, sir. So we get that news. He breaks that on Wednesday on his Instagram, and then he gets COVID this week, and he has to miss the GP. Yeah, it's uh, definitely heartbreaking because uh, they, I think Alpha had some really good speed this week. Most definitely, and he might also have to miss the Monza GP, which is still undecided. He has to have a negative test. He is vaccinated, though, so he's also showing no symptoms, which is great. So he might be back for Monza. Hopefully it stays that way and he's able to race because he, uh, he was pretty good at Monza last year as well. Yes, he was in the podium spot for a few laps. It would be nice to see Kimi get podium 104 this year. I don't think it's going to happen unless chaos ensues, but we've seen before that that can happen. Hopefully it happens at the USGP this year, right? Imagine scenes. I'm at the USGP, and Kimmy gets the podium. 
That'd be awesome to see. The place of his last win. Be awesome to see him get one more. So that's the sad news of the week. We are losing Kimi in Formula One. And now let's go talk about Alfa Romeo and the news covering them. Which the big news is, obviously, the seat for Kimi is open. And we also believe the Geo seat is also open. And the speculation is Botas will be replacing Kimi. And like I said, Geo seat is open as well, which... I think you you expect Botas to be at Alpha. Who do you think gets the second seat? You think Geo keeps it, or we're going in a whole new direction of this team? I think they'll go in a whole new direction. I think uh, we've talked about it. I think that there's a deal that would bring a Mercedes engine to Alpha next year, and I think that deal would obviously have Botas as uh, one of the drivers. I think it would also have as the second driver uh, Nick DeVries. If he decides, you know, which obviously he wants to be in Formula One, but right now he's uh, in Formula E, and I I believe he just uh, won the championship there. So just, you know, if he wants to leave that to go to a less competitive car, but obviously it's F1, so he'd rather be there probably. Right, and Toto Wolff was saying that, you know, DeFries is their guy. They want him in Formula One. Red Bull wants... Albon in a seat as well, so you have those two fighting over the seats. Obviously, Mercedes wants DeFreeze in the Williams seat, but then you have Albon looking for a seat. And right now, Albon is favored to get the Williams seat. So, what do you think about that? I think Albon to Williams is a better fit than DeFreeze to Williams would be. Because Albon has uh, some experience, obviously. Got a podium finish uh, last year. I think that uh, him and Latifi would uh, be a pretty good pairing. Obviously, I don't think Albon's the same skill level as uh, George is. But uh, I think it would be a pretty decent replacement. Most definitely. And and in the article I wrote, uh, Alex Albon is likely the replacement driver at Williams. I think the cool story about this is... Obviously, George and Alex are good friends, best friends. So how cool would it be to see George builds up Williams, gets their first podium since 2017, and he hands off the team that he's been building up to his best friend, Alex. Alex can help continue to build them up and also rebuild his self. Yeah, I think he's. I think Alex is definitely deserving of a F1 seat. He's uh, been really good in the, uh, the series racing this season. Yes, sir, and we think in the second Williams seat will also still be Latifi. He's a uh, pretty good season this year. He's earned that ride again. I know a lot of people are saying he's only in it. He's only here because of the money, but he's put some good finishes together, finishing the point two times. I know the last one was at Spa. Had a really good qualifying going this week at Dutch. Obviously, he wrecked, but Latifi stepped up his game this year. Yeah, quite a bit. He's. Uh, I definitely thought he would have. I definitely thought originally he was just a pay driver, but um, he's definitely uh, proved me a lot, proved me wrong this year. He's uh, shown that he's definitely capable of finishing in the points. He should this uh, that at Hungary where uh, he hung on to a really good points finish for Williams, and then obviously got bumped up a spot when Vettel got the penalty. Yep, 
so I mean, Williams is in a good spot moving forward. Obviously, uh, it's going to be interesting though if Albon does land there. Obviously, Mercedes wants his deal with Red Bull to be terminated. They don't want him telling Red Bull their intel on their engines, which you know could happen. Maybe it's the Red Bull master plan, as I mentioned in my article I wrote. But you never know about Christian Horner. He's always got something up his sleeve. He's trying to trying to win. That's his main focus and only focus. And if Albon doesn't get the Williams seat, he will probably get the Alpha seat. So both of these guys are going to be in Formula One next year, I believe. It just depends which team. Yeah, I agree. DeFries and Albon. I I think they're both locks for. F1 next year, it just depends which team they land on. I think we both believe Albon, Williams, DeFreeze, Alpha, Romeo. So I know a lot of people are saying Hulkenberg and Danny for the Williams seat, but I think they want to go a little bit younger. Yeah, I'd love to see Hulkenberg back, obviously, but I think right now DeFreeze and Albon are the the two candidates that the, those teams will be looking at. Most definitely, and, you know, Albon, you know, being a teammate of Max Verstappen is probably the hardest thing other than being a teammate to Lewis. Uh, he had some good finishes, but if you're in the second Red Bull main seat, you're expected to be where Max is. Yeah, he uh, he also had some bad luck and uh Yeah. Like yeah, he had a few run-ins with the seven-time. That happens. Most definitely it does. Um, that's really all the big news that came out since the last episode. I'm sure the episode three, huh, I believe we'll have some big stories in that one. Like I said, I think George gets announced, Botas gets announced, and maybe a couple more. I think we'll have an interesting race to talk about as well, which this race was good too, but I think we'll have... Uh... Definitely have some uh, cautions and stuff happening uh, next week. It should be a crazy race. It's obviously the triple header finale at Monza. And then we get another break. I think it's only a one week break though. So, And then we're off to Russia after that. So... We'll should, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, you have our podium predictions for Monza. We got a Lando career high finish predicted by yours truly, Rowdy. Well, a little biased, but uh, yeah, a little biasy. As a Lando fan, we'll go ahead and just get that out of the way. I believe we said that in episode one, but yeah, it's a little biased. But I think uh, how they raced there last year, because they were uh, second and fourth, I think. Uh, I think that with the Mercedes engine, they'll be even stronger this year. I don't think they'll win, because I think Lewis will have that covered, but definitely think they can get P2. Yes, sir. And if uh, you can tell by our, the photo on the screen right now, which is the Talk F1 banner, that's obviously it. Our two favorite drivers for Stavin, Norris, the future F1, and there's more future. I mean, probably should put George on there. A lot of people like George. F1's built for the future right now. They got a lot of good young drivers and obviously still got the veterans around. 
Yes, sir. And then we got the new car next year, which, you know, is supposed to bring the field a little closer, which if it does, that's great. If it doesn't, yep. then Red Bull Mercedes again, right? It can't be any worse than what NASCAR is bringing next year. So. Yeah, I mean, we can go a whole another hour talking about that. <laughs> I just, you know, here we go. You got me started. NASCAR, they're doing everything wrong, I'm telling you. Uh, this next-gen car, nobody likes wide-open racing. The drivers hate it, so I think that should be the, the sign to the people there, but obviously not. I think they could learn a lot from F1, which F1 has some problems there and there, but I think NASCAR's uh, got a lot more. And I see hey, it's going to be good on the road courses and short tracks. That's not the only thing they race on. <laughs> they race it mile and a half as well. Nobody wants to, I mean... And then... Uh, you, you, <laughs> And then they're Save making that. Atlanta basically a plate track. Save that for another show. It's just crazy. Uh, NASCAR can learn a few things. Obviously, F1's not perfect. They have some issues as well, but it's, it's a lot better organized than what we have in America's premier motorsports. And one final news story I wanted to cover, and we didn't get a chance to cover in episode one, Roman Grosjean expected to sign a full-time deal with Andretti Autosports in IndyCar. That'd be fun to see. He's uh, he's almost won some races in uh, Rick Ware Racing's, uh, well, I don't know their full name, but I think I know it's Rick Ware's car. But he's almost won a race in that car. Next year, being in an Andretti car will be, uh, be even better. Win a couple races, hopefully. And that just shows you F1 drivers are any F1 driver on the grid is a, obviously a great driver even in Formula 1 he goes over to IndyCar he's performing great obviously he's got to get adjusted to the ovals if he's going to run full time but his caliber of driver he should be up to speed pretty quick well we've also seen uh, a couple other F1 drivers have success with uh, you know Ericsson won the uh, Nashville Grand Prix after about flipping over a car and then uh, Christian Lungard, the uh, F2 driver, uh, made his debut at the Indy Road course and uh, did pretty well. Yes, sir. And then I think this week Callum is making his IndyCar debut. Yep, that'll be uh, that'll be interesting to watch. That was uh, his announcement that we uh, handed out last uh, last episode. Yeah, the thing for Callum, uh, right now there's just no openings in F1 for him. Yeah, I think he, uh, I think he definitely deserves a shot, but it's just it's packed right now. Yep, um, I think either way, you know, Botas, DeFries, Botas, Albon, I think that's a pretty good lineup for them, so, and then, if, of course, if what is rumored out there, it's all speculation, but what's rumored out there, Mercedes will be powering Alfa Romeo next year, which I think will make them a whole lot better than uh, using the Ferrari engine. Yeah, the Ferrari engine, uh, it's gotten better. It was definitely uh, really bad last year. It's gotten better, though, but it's still not nowhere close to the Mercedes engine at the high-speed tracks. Yes, sir. So, any final closing thoughts on Episode 2? 
Um, I'm I, like I said at the beginning. I'm just glad we actually had some racing to talk about this week. Uh, I enjoyed the track. Fans there were incredible. It's uh, up there with some of the like sports reactions and fans I've seen from like college football and stuff the past week. But uh, it's uh, it was a fun race, and Monza should be another uh, really good race. And just so, if there's any Europeans or nobody from America watching, we, college football, he's meaning American football. <laughs> I know we made that mistake last episode, right? I think you called it soccer. So we want yeah. to apologize. <laughs> uh, yes, so you got to remember this is an American show, so there's going to be some American terms. Uh, we spell tires. Uh, we spell tires over here, not T-Y-R-E-S. So, some American terms that some people have to get used to. But other than that, that's going to be episode two. We covered the Dutch GP, a little preview of the Monza GP, what we expect. And then some of the news that broke since episode one. And yeah, we will see you in episode three with the Monza GP review. And then, of course, after that, we have a off week before we head to Russia. So we'll still have an episode four, which is maybe a short one. We'll cover some news, because I'm sure there's going to be some news after Monza. Yep. So until then, we'll see you on episode number three. Make sure you follow us on all the social medias, Talk F1. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. And don't forget about the uh, giveaway on Twitter. It's ending soon. Yeah, there's a giveaway ending. This should be up sometime. It's going to be late here in America. I'll have it scheduled for probably about 3 or 4 a.m. So it's a good time over there in Europe. Uh, the giveaway will end sometime Monday night here. So be on the lookout for that. It's a Max Verstappen orange t-shirt. So if you're a Max Verstappen fan or oh, if you're just, yep, if, on Twitter if you're just a fan in general, if you want to match when you go to Dutch next year yeah, there you go. <laughs> so that's going to be it. We'll see you on episode three. 